The Michael K Show. Ranger Joe, watching the K Show on Yes, which I don't normally do. I'm an ESPN 98.7 listener normally, and I'm not sure how I feel about this. I feel like Rosenberg Radio is staring into my soul, and I don't like it. Well, I don't know what to tell you. And he's not here to defend himself. Does he understand, no. like, you know, the length of the commercials? I just went to go look for him. <laughs> You can't have your daily constitutional in the middle of a radio show. You got to adjust your fiber or something, man. You got to make it happen at a time where you can relax. It's where I get my reading done, Michael. Imagine if I just like pulled out the Streisand book at 5.15 and said, all right, guys, I'll see you in a half hour. The Michael K Show on 98.7 ESPN. Ah, uh, yes. Let's get back to basketball. Let's talk about New York basketball in uh, specific. So the Knicks lost last night. It will not happen on this show's watch. Anybody ripping the Knicks losing games now. They should be losing games. They're an incomplete team that's been ravaged by significant injury. It goes back to what we were talking about with the Yankees before. Injuries are an excuse. No Julius Randle. No OG Ananobi. Last night, no Hartenstein. No Mitchell Robinson. No Dante DiVincenzo, no Bogdanovich. I mean, that's a lot of manpower, important manpower that's out. They're not going to win a lot of games. And games they win will be gritty, gutty, grinded affairs. And they, I, I, my one worry is that you're going to really have to put the pedal to the metal on Brunson, who plays all out anyway. The only chance they have is for Brunson to be a magician. And to just play 45 minutes a game. That's not good for the long haul. So the fact that they lost to Houston, helped by the officials, and the fact that they lose to Orlando, which is not a bad team, what are you going to do? Can't sit here and rip them. Now, the Nets last night, they lost their second straight game to the Celtics. They lost by 50 points. Not what you want. 50, Peter. 50. 5-0. Hate to see it. But there seems to be this narrative, and... My guy Don, and earlier in the station, uh, Alan Hahn, showing a lot of, not uh, maybe enmity's not the word, but putting a lot of the blame on Jock Vaughn. What kind of team do they have? Do you think that they measure up with the Boston Celtics? Now, should they lose by 50? Absolutely not. They're not a championship caliber team. The best hope that they could possibly have is to get into the play-in. And that's that's still a possibility. They haven't had Ben Simmons, their best player, for most of the year. And when I say best player, all around what he can be. I mean, obviously they've got really good. They've got other really good players. It's theoretical. Bridges is outstanding, but ben I'd say Simmons Bridges is the could best be their player. best player. Yeah, but he's not. So I, Bridges is their best player because you know what he does? Plays. He does, and the best ability is availability. And Ben Simmons, I mean, that's that's his issue. Also, doesn't have an outside shot. But when he plays, they're a different team. They just are. They're a different team. He gives them energy. He's a great defender. He's got length. He can he can drive into the paint. He can distribute. He makes them a different team. He makes Bridges even better than he is. So I just like to ask Don, where does the blame go to Vaughn? How is it Vaughn's fault? You're still the 10th best team in the conference. Let's not get caught up in the play and being any good. But the bottom of the Eastern Conference is dreadful. I understand. And that's the only reason that they're not one of the worst teams. I don't want to see anybody lose their job, Michael. But, you know, this goes beyond just their personnel. They just There's nothing to them. There's no buzz around them. There's, no, there's nothing going on. 
Now, I know he's got like another year after this on his contract, but you got to do something here to try to call some attention and to see if you can maybe find a way to get into the plane and play some meaningful games. When you got a Jeff Van Gundy just sitting out there, I mean, how do you not go after him? No offense to, offense to Jacques Vaughn. You could do better. Jeff Van, Gundy, Jeff Van Gundy would give them relevancy, would get them into the postseason. I mean, I, honestly, Michael, the only reason, let's be honest, the only reason that they even come up as much as they do on this show is because they're on yes. What's there to talk about with this team? No, they're, they're 50 a points. team. But that's not Jock Vaughn's fault. No, but unfortunately, it's it's not helping the situation any. They're not that good. In the NBA, Michael, I'm sorry, you've got 10 teams, 20 out of the 30, technically make the playoffs with the play-in. And for this team to barely be in the play-in, come on, you've got to do better than that. And I think Jeff Van Gundy would have them better. So it's like the same conversation with Robert Sala. Does he deserve to be fired? No. Can I do better? Absolutely. You tell me they can't find somebody better? And Jeff Van Gundy is just sitting there, gives them relevancy, would get them into the playoffs. But you've right. been sitting there for 17 yeah. years. Two, two things. One is just us bringing up the Nets killed our lives. We were in this high sevens, Don. Now we're in the 400s on Rosenberg Radio. So well, Net, there you go. Nets talk just sunk us to death. But, uh, yeah, it, I, I, guys, I think we got to. I love Jeff. I think we got to stop with the Jeff right. conversation. But is there somebody else? Mark Jackson. All right. Well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, um,. Listen, I'll say this. If the Milwaukee Bucks felt like it was time that they exactly. had to go to Doc Rivers, then then I think it's probably but, time that the Nets move on you, from Jock Vaughn. But, but at the but same time, what do you expect from this team? The Bucks are built to win a championship. Right, that's what I'm saying. What are the you really Nets doing? Aren't, so why would you change coaches? Why, All right. you, why would you put on Jock Vaughn? All right. Would I you mean, renew him? You, you think they don't they is it they don't play hard enough? I don't think that's the case. They're they're outmanned all the time. It's a hodgepodge of talent. Thank the big three. They did this. Not Jock Vaughn. Mom. They did it. Several people in the live believe my uh, my glasses are giving serial killer vibes. I, what you was nailed, the first thing I said? You said Dahmer. No, no. I said serial killer vibes, and then somebody said Dahmer. No, you then, I think you added Dahmer, which is no, more no, no. specific. No, no, I think it was Anthony who said Dahmer. Interesting. It, it's, more Dahmer, it's more Dahmer, Don, than regular serial killer. And I just, if, if you're going to choose a serial killer, choose one who's Mount Rush. I don't want to do that. You, can, you won't do I that? I don't want to do a top five of like serial killers. <laughs> you won't, Don, you gutless I, No, if that means I'm gutless, then you I'm You will not do a top five. Uh, but you were talking about... How do you about, rank it? But, but, you know, it's an interesting conversation, though, with the Knicks, Michael, when we were talking about the Yankees, about injuries being an excuse. I agree. This team is really... just dis- They've been decimated by injuries. But enough to lose by 18 to Orlando... Enough to lose to Houston, to fall behind 16 points in the second half the way that they did, to to um, to have a 20-point game become a four-point game against Memphis, to where now you had to put Brunson back into the game and then he gets hurt. So, yes, I believe that the injuries are the major reason why this team is limping literally into the break. But there, there's also winnable games that have been lost, and there's also situations where they've had to play guys longer than they should have because games become competitive. And I don't think that's a good idea. I mean, so uh, does that mean that every time they lose a game, it's because of injuries? Or, you know, listen, I don't expect them to go out there and beat the best teams in the league when they've got injuries, but, you know, they should have beaten Houston. Houston's okay, not great. You can, you could still win that game with the players that they had. But but I think that every game they lose is because of injuries right now. Uh, the, 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 
The flow is different. Okay. Uh, the, 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 they're, they're big, their big time scorers are wow. out. Their defender and Ananobi is. I mean, they're not. They're not playing with a full well, deck. And if they, if they were playing cards right now, the deck has thirty-seven cards, not fifty-two. And then they come out of the break in Philly and then home against the Celtics. And those are two losses. Right now they got the Pistons at home. I'm sorry, you got to win that game. Yeah, you should be able to beat the Pistons with Jalen Rose. Oh, Jalen Brunson playing one on five. And then the Pelicans come in. Same record as you have. What happens in that game? They probably lose, you know, and then they, now, they will be getting back DiVincenzo, and they say they'll right. be getting back Hartenstein. So maybe Jalen, maybe Jalen's feeling better. Well, then after that, the Warriors come in, and then you're at Cleveland um, on March third. Uh, What's the Warrior? Um, what what year? What date is that? That's the 29th, Thursday the 29th. Mm. Sitting in the house of heartache, Don. That feels like a TNT vehicle, first game of the doubleheader. Doesn't it? Uh, but there's not a lot of wins coming out of the break if they're not healthy. And right now, they're the four seed. And somebody on Twitter earlier was like, Don, they could still finish in the top four. They're going to get everybody back. But how far are they going to befall- fall before they get everybody back? That's Phil- the key. Philadelphia is only a half game back. If Philadelphia wins that game on the 22nd, guess what? Now you're fifth. And that Orlando picked up a game last night. They're only three back in the loss column now. So as you start to get guys back, you fall to fifth, you fall to sixth, and now time's starting to run out. Now you're going to have to go on a real run. Oh, by the way, also start to build chemistry with all the new players that you have back. It really puts them in a tough spot. I I think they can still maybe get to the conference final, Michael, but the feeling of championship at the trade deadline when they, when they, it was just last Thursday, when we felt like this team had the depth to make a run. These injuries have just been killer. I, I think winning a championship this year under these circumstances is going to be close to impossible. Uh, I'll tell you what, it's it it's taken a lot of the steam out of the joy we were feeling and the anticipation that we were feeling. Now, injuries can, are a real deterrent. Anybody who just like scoffs at it, well, next man up. Next man up is Jacob Toppin. He's the limit he, of talent. He's my preferred Toppin, if that helps. Well, you know what? He might win the uh, the, the dunk contest could be brothers when they get back to back well what, what year was um last year it was that was last year when was mac mcclung oh mcclellan was last year mcclung a year yeah. Toppin was the year before okay my apologies how dare you yeah least, but there's still a, all right here. we can debate about championship but there's still time and there's still talent when they come back that they could still make this the best season we've seen in 25 years they could still, you know, certainly make the playoffs. Maybe get a four seed and and maybe get out of the second round for the first time since two thousand. That still would be a great season. And then you could start to wonder going into next season what they can do and will this be a destination and can they add that other player? There's still a lot of season left to make this a lot of fun. All right, give us a buzz one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Time to talk to you. Radio only vehicle. I don't have to tell you that because you're probably listening on the radio or yeah. the app because we're not on Yes right now. Brett, that's right. Their commissioner yeah, Rob of baseball, not Rob Manfred, is having a press conference right downstairs from where I am. Let's go to Mike on the Jersey Shore. Mike. Oh no. <sighs> you know wow. what, Mike? It's it's hard for me when these things happen. That was going to be a good one too because he was going to insult me, and you could see I took the phone call where he, really was what was he going to what say? was he going to say? I can follow up on his insult. He said, uh, a shout-out to the show, Michael is eh. Oh, I would have enjoyed that. Well, I wouldn't have enjoyed it. Why, why is that something? Because we rarely, you know, it would have been nice. We probably would have gotten built up a little bit. 
Michael likes to hang on the rim when it happens to us. Well, that doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right, but sometimes it's not wrong. Let's go to John in Tom's River. John. Hi, John. Good afternoon, guys. Uh, Peter, first, I want to thank you. I finally have an idea on the show. I'm not. I'm going to be known as John McCombs from now on. Okay. Oh, you're 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 uh, you're McCombs. Yes. What All do right, you think so, happened there, John? Yeah. What happened? Lunch right? or, or drinking? No, just misspoke. Um, okay. I, I have a hot take for you for today. Uh, Michael, this is deal with you because the other guys are too young. Uh, Jalen Brunson. I'm going to pair him to a Hall of Fame guard, and I think he's better than. Him. Ready? Drafted in 1970 by the Cincinnati Royals. Most noted playing for the Celtics from 78 to 83 against the Knicks in the division. Point card with uh, Larry Bird, McHale, and Parrish. Tiny. You know what I'm speaking about? Tiny Archibald. Oh, yes. I think uh, Brunson's actually a better player and a better shooter than uh, Tiny. Tiny was quicker. and They're both same style play. They both drove left-handed into the lane, but... Um, Archibald had no right hand. I mean, at least Brunson can rotate a little bit. But, I mean, was well, what is this? Wow. You're playing off John? You're playing, you're playing John. Really? No. John, uh, John see well, that John. Peter who did that. John. No, no, the only reason I did it oh, wow. is that it was a very Richard-like call. Randomly calling <laughs> to compare right. Jalen Brunson to Nate Tiny Archibald is out of the Richard from Manhattan's book. That's all, John. It's a good call. I think of Mick Archibald. He's, he's, a whole, he's a Hall of Famer. I'm just saying. Oh, he's, he's an icon. He's Love the I, I believe. I see some similarities. Brunson is thicker and stronger, and he could actually take somebody down uh, into the blocks and still get a shot off. Tiny was more or less all about speed and quickness. But I, I could see, you know, they're both, you know, somewhat height challenged. Let's go to Sean and Islip. Sean. Big Mike, Peter, Don, what's going on, guys? What's How going are on? You? First time, long time. Uh, Big Mike, I'm a huge fan, man. You, I've grown up with you with the Yankees and on Yes. And, Thank you, man. You know, I love you, man. So. Nice, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I had a question on Matt Chapman, uh, Big Mike, if you can just uh, clarify for me. What's the market on him? How come he hasn't gotten so much command? And can the Yankees possibly make a run at a, at a cheap price if he's not getting expensive offers? Well, I think the reason there's no market is because Scott Boris is aiming for the sky. And he's trying to get him huge money. I don't think the market's there. I don't think the Yankees would be interested. I mean, they really, they, they believe, and we thank you for the call, they believe in um, they believe in D.J. LeMayu at third base. So if you bring in a, a third baseman, D.J. LeMayu is going to cost himself a lot of games. You know, Volpe plays almost every day. Labor Torres plays an awful lot. Chapman would play every day. He's going to cost upwards of, of $20, 25000000 I'm sure that's what Boris is asking for. Most likely, which way they go, I mean, the Blue Jays have brought in Justin Turner. I can't believe that Justin Turner is their answer to play third base all the time. He's 38 years old. I guess they could bring him back. The Chicago Cubs, uh, I've heard rumors that there could be some interest there as well. But, again, it's it's the big four with Boris. And if you want to make it five, it's J.D. Martinez, too. All of these really fine players that are without a job right now. And how about this, guys? Mm. Jordan Montgomery, I mean, the the... The narrative was he was waiting for the Texas Rangers to work out their television rights fee money so that they could give him the money, which to me sounded like such nonsense. The Texas Rangers owner is a multi-billionaire. Right. He just won the World Series. You mean they can't come up with $25 million to sign Jordan Montgomery? Chris Young, 
uh, the president of baseball operations of the Rangers just came out and said, we're good. We're not signing any more free agents. So where does Jordan Montgomery end up? That's amazing. Now, the, the only team I could think of that has the money but doesn't seem like it has any inclination to spend any of it would be the Boston Red Sox. Unless Jordan Montgomery just drops his price to a point that maybe the Yankees re-engage. But think about it. The Rangers are not they, – they pulled a Don. No, we're good. Yeah. Well, I think the Mets would dive in there if it was like a one-year deal. And you don't want it to be a one-year deal because you just helped a team win the World Series. You want to you want to go oh. to free agency off that year. No, I get it. But if, wouldn't it be better to sign a one-year deal than to not play? Well, if that was the option, or you can just say, "Okay, I'll take eighteen million a year for four years instead of like twenty-five mm-hmm. to thirty million a year." Because it's clear the Mets are are thinking about twenty twenty-five. They don't want to lock themselves into anything like beyond that. But if, but if I'm sure the Mets would probably pay whatever if it's just one year, you know. So that's what he's gonna. I don't know what he's gonna do, Mike. I, I, again, I don't see how it helps you for a bunch of reasons to not report to spring training or not play you're going to hurt yourself you're going to hurt your ability to make any kind of money if you sit out for an entire season i mean at some point you're going to have to do something now i understand snell doesn't want to sign a one-year deal he should be hot he's coming off a of cy young but you you think it makes sense for montgomery to sit no no i mean it doesn't make sense for any of us does it make sense for him to sign in may and then try to ramp himself up to be ready for june and then blow out his arm because he wasn't properly prepared for the season well as i said if this goes two weeks if i'm any team i'm not signing snell or montgomery because they're gonna they're gonna hurry their ramp up they're probably not gonna pitch in april and then you got a guy who's behind the eight ball all teams have either reported today or started pitchers and catchers working out today. They are now officially behind the eight ball. Now, might the Orioles engage with Snell or with Montgomery after losing Braddish, who's going to start the season on the I.L.? I don't know. I don't know. That's what I think Boris is banking on, that somebody's going to lose a big-time pitcher like the Orioles just did, and that they'll they'll be desperate. They, anybody who signs these guys now, they're going to be desperate. I'm sorry, they're going to be desperate to bring in a pitcher this late. And you could say, oh, with all the modern technology, they're working out on their own. Not the same. Not the same working out under the watchful eye of the team that's getting you ready to pitch. And speaking of pitching, Marcus Stroman said today he's the third pitcher in the rotation. And he said that means that he's going to start the home opener against the Blue Jays on April 5th. Hmm. Well, that would be he's looking cool, forward to it. He he loves the spotlight, so he's looking forward. And to it. he loves. Does he have any issue with the Blue Jays? He played for them. No, he I didn't well, like that. They traded him to the Mets. Well, that's what I'm saying. Does he? St- that's what I meant. Does he still <laughs> hold an issue? Because we know he's a guy. He liked. He appeared to have a grudge with the Mets for virtually well, no reason. Whether he has one or not, I'm sure he'll try to create one that's, to help him pitch better. But that not like how cool is that though? New York kid just heard a nice, the Yankees. Rip, nice big rip. Oh, this is still going. You man. Hear that, uh, Michael? You hear it? What? Big oh, the, rip of the box. Yeah. Um, Manfred just here. told the assembled media that his um, Major League Baseball stint as commissioner will end in early 2029. And that's when so his contract's up, I guess? five-year term. Hmm. Say it ain't so. Well, how old is he now? In the 60s, I'm sure. Probably 60, but he's a very young 60. No, you know what? Time to move on sometimes. Well, I mean, he made a nice bit of money. I think he did okay. I'm not worried about him. Commissioners make. Way I would more love money. if I would love if some other commissioners followed this lead and said, you know what? Maybe it's time to move on. 
Let's see. Rob was born in 1958, so he he's actually 66. Yeah, oh, wow. So, so but he'll be 63 on Saturday. September 28th. Oh. But, and, and so, you know, yeah, so you're talking about he'll be going into 70 years old. That's not, there's nothing wrong with that. No, no. But you know what? 70's the new 50. That's what I'm, that's what I'm going with. Is that true? That's what I'm going with. I don't believe it, but that's what I'm going with. What, how old are you now, Michael? 63. Is, is, is 70, is 70 hanging out? That's starting to, you're starting to feel it, huh? Oh, it's awful. No, but I, my I friend Bob Clappish walked up to me today. He said, "You think about death often?" I said, "Do you know me?" Oh my God! Well, that's that's what? a but. You know what? That's a bad job by Clappish. He's no, not doing it's his not. job. No, he should he, know. Everyone knows you're thinking about death twenty four. He doesn't know you very well. Does he it? said, "How often?" I said, "Right now, I'm thinking about right it. every moment because you yeah. know you know how to live." Um, but <laughs> I will tell you this: fifty is starting to loom for me, and and, and I've never really had an age. Hang out there where I'm like, oh my god! Not a six big years away from that. No, uh, you, I know you're not talking. Oh, but, but you've July, been dreading death since you were 22. I mean, come on. Well, uh, you just said you're dreading 50. You didn't say you're dreading death. But 50—that's not that far away. And I'm just saying it's hanging out there to know it's going to be here in a second. And 50 is just such an undeniably adult age. It's not like I view it as if I'll be an old man. I know 50. Well, I'll say this: you're not an old man when you're 50. You're right, you're in your prime, kind of your professional prime at fifty. Yeah, and that makes you feel better, sure. But it's a scary. It's still a real number. I mean, it's a real number, fifty. That's no, it's it's terrifying. When you're young, fit you hear fifty and you go, "Oh man, I didn't feel fifty. Really, I didn't. You think I won't feel it much? No, I don't. Th- I don't know. How are you feeling about sixty coming coming See, up? Uh, sixty is the one I anticipate that's really going to sting. Michael, how was sixty? Sucked. <laughs> But he thought he wasn't fond of 50 either. No. Yeah, yeah it was 50. 50 was awful. At 40, 40 uh, you know, you start to get a little itchy. But it, the, the number that got me, I don't know why, was was 56. God, my 40th was so sad. 56 got me. My, 56. I, I lost That's what 40. I now. 40 was the last good big number. 40 is you're young it's a it's a it's a grown-up age it's a real age but you're still but young you and i write. i i lost it well the I, next the next milestone ones the signpost ones are signposts to death sorry 50 60 70 i mean they're, well they're in, all they're the all inexorable march toward the end well so is 40 in that sense no but, but you don't it's not within like eyesight but 40 i had to celebrate 40 i my marriage had just broken up i celebrated 40 at an Italian restaurant on the Upper West Side dun, with, dun, dun. with just me and my family dun, of origin. Dun, dun, dun. Me, my mom, my dad, my brother. Which in some ways is beautiful and in some ways was just tragic. And pathetic. That's, I mean... What are you, what are you singing, Don? Yeah, you just ruined... Oh, scenes from an Italian Bottle restaurant. Bottle of white. Oh, boy. Well, it's... Also, Manfred just said the league... I don't care what he has to say. No, but this is interesting. I doubt it. Because we were just talking about Boris. He said that the league proposed a December free agent signing period. The union rejected the idea. Do not play me off. It was more clock than than the interest in what you said. All right. Stop the music. Hey, do you want to experience an inflammation of money and happiness? (laughs) 
<laughs> Watch your bank account grow with an extra pep in your step. Catch Jovia-itis, a side effect of not-for-profit banking with Jovia Financial Credit Union. When you bank with Jovia, you may see an increase in savings, growing checking account balances, and reduced rates on loans. Symptoms may include greater happiness, reduced stress, and general feelings of financial freedom. Join Jovia and start spreading the wealth. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hey, buddy. Hey. Catch the show on demand wherever you want. Just subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. I just got word from Anthony that he's concerned that the entire pizza box is not going to make it into the It's getting box. close. I'll say this. It's, it's, it's getting interesting. Right. It's something to be concerned you about. You tell right? me. All right. There, there we are. Um, I would say we we were already right at if you look at where a, a two liter bottle looks like, right? It's at the curve where it's just curving to the top, to the top. You're six eighths done, right? So that I'm right at where it, the flat is over, and now we're curving towards the top. So we're definitely near the top, but all I have is about three quarters of the top of the box left. So I think That's it's a lot make to squeeze it. in there. Nah, listen, it'll be fine. But but now you were you were feeling pretty tough, thinking you could get the small pizza box in there too. That's not happening. No, that that will not be happening. No, but that's I'll a still lot try. of box there. I don't know if you could fit the top part in. No, listen, I'm going to do it. Lock, lock you, you it think in. It's a lock. Um, lock. I, I feel good about it. It's going to be very close. I think I'm still feeling good about his chances, though. All right, all right. How you doing, finger wise, Don? Oh, it's thumbs are sore. Can I join? Do your 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 fingers hurt? Yes. Well, guess what? Now your back's gonna hurt. Why is that? You just pulled landscaping duty. Second time in a day, Michael. What are you talking about? Second time in a day, Don does, has no idea what movie I'm referencing. I, I, I'm I'm really starting to worry. Nobody. Who do I do a show with? Well, who? Well, remind me, Anthony. Go ahead, Anthony. Come, come back to me. I had a feeling it was from a movie. I can't say that. I oh wow. my God, uh, Jacob. Jacob. <sighs> I do know the movie. Is it Happy Gilmore? Yes, it is. This. I'm sorry, I didn't. And ben, I was watching ben, the other ben, day. Too. Ben Stiller. My fingers hurt. Oh yeah. Your finger hurts. Yeah, oh. yeah. Well, guess what? Okay. Now your back's gonna hurt. That's on me. That's no. On that me. it's a bad job. Michael, we expect he has probably hasn't even seen Happy Gilmore all the way through. I've but. seen Happy Gilmore. You clown. <laughs> Let's go to Jack in Woodbridge. Jack. Hey, guys. How are you? What's hey, up? Jack. How you doing? Doing well. Uh, so, Yankees in the rotation this year. So, you know, we're about six weeks or so from the start of the season. And I feel like the rotation is, you know, we got one one guaranteed starter and we got four big question marks. So, my question is, and maybe it's kind of a would you Thursday, is with Bradish going down – for the O's, and I, I heard today they're looking at possibly bringing in Bauer. If, if all things are equal, and this is the one piece the Yankees need to, you know, get to an ALCS or dare I say a World Series, would you not do it? Sign this guy for the minimum. I mean, obviously his, his past is questionable as well, but the, you know the guy wasn't charged with anything officially. Yankees have had players in the past that... Oh, wait a minute, you know, wait, wait a minute, Jack. He wasn't charged with anything. He was suspended for a year, so something happened, right? Well, does that mean something that? De- something definitely happened, but I mean, right. I, I guess, you know, in the court of public opinion, people are kind of, you know, waiting to see what's next, but 
as far as you know, a criminal charges, not, nothing happened no, with the guy. I, I yeah, let, let, okay. So let's look at it this way. I, I I don't even know what the deal is. Pitching is is so precious. This is a guy who was a great pitcher in the big leagues. No one has sniffed. Agreed. Do you think that there's an issue there? No one. He's willing think, to work for minimum I wage. Everyone is, I think everyone's scared to make that to make the move to make yeah, that first for, step. Right, exactly. the but, but for what reason, Jack? What do you think they're scared? I mean, honestly, I don't know all the details. Obviously, nobody really does, except for maybe you know Bauer and the woman. But if if you know if the, the you know the criminal courts decided that there wasn't enough there to prosecute, and Yankees have had you know wife beaters and and you know in the rotation drug mm-hmm. users in the rotation. Well, who's the, I mean, who's I'm the not wife saying, I'm who's, not the, who's the, the wife who's the wife beater there in the rotation? You saying Herman? No. Herman, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's all questionable stuff. Well, here is what it comes down to, guys. Everybody does their due diligence, okay? There wasn't enough for it to be able to go to trial. But they know what happened because they're not going to spend the money unless they do their due diligence. And the fact that he's still out there, a great pitcher still out there, tells me that the due diligence showed they don't think he's a great guy and he's not worth the risk because what's going to happen next time? And he was kind of nozzly before the incident had taken place. So if they analyze it, it's all about gambling, right, Michael? Do I think this guy is going to be good? Okay, put that in the pro column. Do I think this guy might get himself in trouble and derail our season and not be available? I think there's a reasonable chance that can happen, and they don't sign him. And the fact that nobody's signing him tells me that they don't they they obviously think his character isn't worth the bet. And you know, there's another aspect to this too, and he's never been directly asked about it, but. The, the strong narrative is that Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer don't get along. They were on the same UCLA team. Mm. They don't like each other. So you think the Yankees are going to anger Garrett? Again, I don't know if Garrett Cole would be angered or not, but that has long been the narrative. Now, there's another pitcher out there, Julio Urias, who might be a better pitcher than Bauer. There's no charges whatsoever. They are not filing any charge. Is anybody touching Julio Arias? I mean, there's different stuff between drug users and 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 um, people have gotten into other trouble. But when when it comes to like physical abuse and stuff like that, sexual abuse, uh, teams get and they should be really really hanky about it. And they should be. Well, because because Michael, all right, the incident taking place taking place. There wasn't enough evidence to go to trial, so everybody's innocent until proven guilty. Okay, but the allegations are out there. He was suspended for a year, so you sign him to a contract. Take the chance. Fans all want to take a chance. If he ends up doing something again, well, how is it going to look on you? I'll tell you what, like, Don. I don't think he would do anything again because he's an essentially a, a bright guy. Um, and I think he knows this is his last chance. But still, do you want the stink of what he has actually admitted to doing? And the fact that he was suspended for a year for doing said thing, do you want that on your team? Again, I don't think he will get into any further Well, trouble. what's the line? Like, like you said, you know, they, they found that it was okay for Herman. It was okay with Chapman. You know, and obviously, well, Chapman didn't touch anybody. I know, Chapman but Chapman supposedly fired a gun. It's still a terrifying story. It's, it's, it's yeah, awful. It's an awful story. When, you know, the, the person you're with has got to run because he's got a gun. But, you know, obviously it's all about are you worth the risk? Now, the thing about Cole, Michael, what I would kind of speculate, all right, they don't get along. But he obviously knew him. So wouldn't I go to Garrett Cole and say, is he worth the risk? 
And if Cole says no, well, wouldn't you take him at his word? Like, like listen, I, I, I think Garrett Cole's a good guy. He knows him. So I don't know if it's not, not liking him. Maybe he just doesn't think he's worth it. Believe me, the, the, everybody wants to win championships. And the due diligence is being done. And, and, and if everybody universally don't believe he's worth it, Michael, that, that sounds pretty scary. Again, a dearth of pitching, and no one's touched the guy who said he's willing to pitch for minimum wage. No one has pitching. Nobody has enough pitching. No one's touched him. And he has done his little um, media tour to change people's mind about him. He's done it all. Still no one's touching him. Now, this caller said that he heard the Orioles might be in Let, Let's see. Let's see. Bruce and Flushing. Bruce. Hey, guys. Mike, I have two Yankee points, and I have a Ranger question for Don. Okay. First, on the Yankees. My common sense and, and my instincts tell me how wouldn't trade for Soto unless he's going to make a, a push for him. And obviously there's no guarantee that Soto will sign with the Yankees, but I think Howell's going to give him an, an offer between a half a million and 600000 Do you agree or disagree? I don't think they traded for him for this one year. I think their intent is to sign him. Whether they're able to or not, whether Cohen comes in and pays him $50 million a year, that I can't answer to. But I think that their intent is to sign him. Okay, number two. Now, I, I always hear you um, say that the Yankees have this big medical guy, Crossley, and this new signs thing. But, you know, you look at what happened last year. You let a guy play with a torn ligament for a half a year, and then he, it was too much. You, you couldn't diagnose a concussion. If this guy is so good, how do they screw up so badly? I can't answer that. I mean, in terms of the the um, the concussion, Bruce, he never complained. Now he was fine. He seemed like he was fine in everyday life. He never said anything until he finally. I, I, somebody, somebody in his family said, "You just don't look right." And then he went to the yeah. Yankees. So when they checked him out for it, he they they said, "Okay, I, there's something wrong here." He never complained. But boy, did he take a nosedive after that collision? Oh yeah, he you couldn't know, hit. So he I don't see know. The ball. Do you have to? If you're the Yankees, is that the symptom? Why right, he seems fine, but this is a is a really good hitter. Now he can't see the ball. He's swinging, missing the ball by a foot. Something's wrong here. Um, so how much does that fall on them not not noticing that? Because it did look like Michael. We talked about it when it was happening. Like it was beyond a slump. He was like an automatic out, and then you see that it was probably because of the concussion. Let's go to Jeffrey in Indiana, Jeffrey. Hey, Michael, Don, Peter, big fan. Now I was going to bring up the uh, Boris. Yeah, I was going to bring up the Boris point, but I guess you know that got shot down by the union pretty quick. I guess at this point, you know, MLB faces so many challenges on its own to you know get fans. You know, missing out on two of your biggest stars in the league by not having a period, or you know they're going to have to rush back, potentially get hurt. The, the sport. I don't know if they can afford to do that. Do you guys have any solutions or ideas on how we can get you know fix that? The, the the solution is what Major League Baseball proposed, and I understand why the I understand why the um, the union said no because if you put a deadline on something, then you're not going to let the market actually percolate. So, oh, he has to be signed by this point, and this is not a cap sport, which the NBA and the NFL is. So they want they've got to get their people right away, and there is no deadline to the NFL and the NBA. It's just you want to get that done right away so you could deal with the cap ramifications with baseball. You're asking the agents 
to, to, to put an artificial deadline on when they can negotiate a contract? Would it be better for the sport? I actually think a lengthy uh, time where you could sign players is actually good for the sport. I've had this argument with Don and Peter because what you've done is you keep the sport in the, in, in the, uh, in the news. But this is awful for those players. Forget about the sport. It's awful for those players. But they made this bed. They're probably asking for ridiculous money that the, the sport doesn't think that they're worth at this I, point. I'll it's listen. on them. I, I don't have an ounce of sympathy for the players. The, the, I, we had the conversation yesterday. You don't let the the agent dictate. You want to play, you play. You want a contract, get a contract. They can go to Scott Boris and say, Scott, I appreciate everything you've done for me, but I'm going to play. The deadline to get something done is the first day of spring training. I am not hurting my arm. I'm not missing any season. I don't know how long of a career I have. I appreciate all the work doing for me, but you know what? Get it done. Well, sorry, but if, if, we, if we get it done, you're not going to make as much money. All right, but aren't you hurting yourself in the end? Not playing doesn't doesn't seem right to me. Well, I will tell you a Scott Boris story that concerns me. I've I've told him once before on the air, but okay. it does it does illustrate exactly what is going on with these players. And I think that you'll understand more when I tell you the story. I'll do it when I get back. Now, do you want to experience an inflammation of money and happiness? Watch your bank account grow with an extra pep in your step. Catch Jovia-itis, a side effect of not-for-profit banking with Jovia Financial Credit Union. When you bank with Jovia, you may see an increase in savings, growing checking account balances, and reduced rates on loans. Symptoms may include greater happiness, reduced stress, and general feelings of financial freedom. Join Jovia and start spreading the wealth. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Well, that's awesome. Looking for more access to the show? That's right, man. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TMKS ESPN. The Point God. You have made no good points, Peter. You're so right, Michael. I think you made some salient points. Yeah, because you're an ass. Let's go to Terry in Texas. You guys need to let off of Peter. Sometimes we have to go when it's not a good time. But he's got a responsibility to be on the air. He's got to you know control what? his bowels better than us. I got responsibility when I worked in the field, but Michael, but when I when nature called and I had to go take a dump, guess what? I've got to get on my bike and go. That's right. Imagine having to get on your bike and oh, being in that situation. I, I See? feel every bump. But she makes a great point, so much so that she's the point guard. How do you like that? Good job. Well, now it's 2-1-1, one, and one, so the best Don could do is tie, or Terry can call in tomorrow and tie. That would be big for Terry. All right, so the quick Boris story, Don's heard it. So there was a time that I, I have a really good relationship with Scott. He's really smart, and just talking to him, you walk away, you're smarter. And you go, wow, his mind operates on a different wavelength. And, you know, I was trying with the idea. I said, why don't you represent broadcasters? He said, well, I mean, my, my job is to represent the players. I said, well, would you ever consider it? He said, well, there'd be a couple of things that w- would have to happen. He said, I'd have to know the salary of every broadcaster in baseball. I said, well, that's that's not available. There's no database of that. Nobody tells their salary to other people. He goes, well, you're idiots. He said, the second thing is that if I'm representing you and I'm negotiating with the team and I say walk, you have to walk. I said, well. That's where we part ways. I said, there are 30 of these jobs. In baseball, there are 700 jobs. I said, and everybody's clamoring for that one great player. You leave a broadcasting job, you might not ever get another one. So I think, I'm not saying you're you're swearing an oath to him, but when you sign up with him, he's saying you have to trust the process and trust me and listen to me and I will work it out. 
And I think if, that's what we're seeing right and, now. And if, and if you have him as a as a, as an agent, that's obviously your end game as well. Yes. You just want the most money humanly possible, and you'll do anything to get it. I'm just wondering now if some of the confidence the players had in him waver when you start to see some of these guys not get jobs at the start of spring training. I mean, he had a great track record, Michael, but then eventually, you know, it happened last year, and now it's happening again this year, where there, there are guys that, that, that they're running out of chairs. Music's going to stop here pretty soon. So, hey, listen, Alex walked away from him. I mean, there, there have been guys that have said, all right, I've got to go someplace else. But that's why I don't feel bad for these players. They made their bed. Now they got a lie. Uh, it's on them. It's it's on, it's not on Boris. They, they they went to Boris to get the best deal, and then Boris is trying to get them a mega deal, and it's not happening. It's just not happening. Matt and Scranton, Matt. How you doing? Good. How you doing, Matty? You you guys just uh, talked about ba- Bauer mm-hmm. and uh, not getting along with Garrett Garrett Cole. Well, what if what if, uh, what if he was? And I I know you don't like him being on the Yankees, but what if he was offered like an incentive laden deal? We're getting like a uh, hundred strikeouts and a hundred hundred innings. Well, that's would that be he's, something you, you guys uh, he's put would that go out for? There. He, no, it's not because of the money. I don't think Matt, and I don't think it's because of anything else other than you know the things that happened in the past. Because he has said right out front, I will play for minimum wage with incentives of what I do. So that's out there, and still nobody is right. taking a bite. So nobody. there's really no financial risk. No, the risk not is at if, all. I, if I get him and he pitches well, and in the middle of the season something happens, it could derail my season. I guess that's what they're saying, Michael. Now there's been other people on Twitter that have suggested is it is it is Spider Tack because he hasn't pitched since then, and and also. You wonder, he won the Cy Young in a shortened season where you're only going against the Central. But for minimum wage, Michael, any pitcher would be worth the risk financially. But they're afraid he becomes your number two starter, has an amazing start to the season, and then it derails with something going on. I don't think it's that, Don. I think they're just afraid of the past. They they don't want the reaction from the public. Because if you take an incentive deal, incentive-laden deal, he's your fifth starter, and... If he fizzles out, he fizzles out. Starters fizzle out all the time. I think they're just worried about the, the, the backlash from the fan base. But you've seen players, Michael, sign contracts. I know, but maybe they, maybe they, um, because of the investigation that suspended him for a year, and maybe they just see stuff that is not reconcilable with the, and I was saying the Yankees, not reconcilable with, with the organization's values. It's got to be that. Because he doesn't have a job. Yeah. Even if he's not the great pitcher that he once was, he's still a viable option for a league that is desperate for starting pitching. And nobody wants him. Nobody wants him. Everybody wants E&N, though. Are you kidding me? You kidding me? Yeah. That's coming up in just a moment, so you have to stay tuned for that. Hey, it's Michael K. I love when I get to talk about my friends at PC Richard & Son. It's a local company, family-owned. I trust them for my appliances, TVs, electronics, and a good night's sleep, too. Their experts use a four-step mattress fitting process to make sure your new bed fits you perfectly. During their President's Day sale, buy a select Sealy mattress, $799 or more, get a free motion base, and in-home delivery on any mattress, $199 and up. And that's free, too. So do what I do. Get to PC Richard & Son, the local company you could trust for your new mattress. 
Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.